In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast. Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bravo Docket. Today, we're going to take a little break from reality television, but still in the world of pop culture, and do an episode on the Johnny Depp defamation trial. Please be advised that this podcast episode contains adult language and details of the alleged abuse, as well as drug and alcohol use, which may be upsetting and which you may find inappropriate for children. If this podcast had a moving rating, it would probably be NC-17 due to the nature of the allegations. So we're going to give the backgrounds on both of them before we get into the trial and legal issues. Okay, let's start with Johnny Depp. So Johnny Depp was born in Owensboro, Kentucky in 1964 to a waitress and a civil engineer. He was raised in Florida and dropped out of school at 15. He was in various different garage bands, which one I saw later in his life. Lori Ann Allison was his first wife, and while visiting L.A., he met Nicolas Cage, who encouraged him to get into acting. His debut was in the film A Nightmare on Elm Street. Depp shot to stardom when he plays Jeff Yeager at the role of the undercover cop Tommy Hansen in the TV series 21 Jump Street. This is just a random fact I found. Uh, Depp once painted a billboard featuring his 21 Jump Street character because he didn't like his picture or the message the billboard gave. And he was stopped by a security guard who actually let Depp finish what he was doing when he realized it was Johnny's own face. Then in 1999, after numerous roles in teen-oriented films, he starred in his first handful of collaborations with Tim Burton. And then following that, he really started to carve a niche for himself as a serious actor in darker, quirky films like Donnie Brasco, Sleepy Hollow, things like that. And then in 2003, he starred in Pirates of the Caribbean, like we mentioned, playing Jack Sparrow. And he based the character on rock legend Keith Richards and Pepe Le Pew from the Looney Tunes. 
He appeared in three of the 10 films to gross $1 billion with Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Alice in Wonderland, and Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. I don't know why, but I didn't realize he had an Oscar nomination for the first Pirates movie. Okay, now I want to talk about his history of lady friends. He was romantically involved with several celebrities and models like Winona Ryder and Kate Moss, and he has two children with French actress-slash-singer Vanessa Paradis. And he married Amber Heard in 2015 after meeting her on the set of The Rum Diary. All right, moving on to Amber Heard. She was born in Austin, Texas, dropped out of school at the age of 17, and moved to New York to start modeling. She relocated to Los Angeles to become an actress. A tidbit I discovered about Amber Heard when she left for Los Angeles, her father gave her a 38 special with a fine pearl handle as a goodbye gift. And even though she's from Austin, which a lot of Texans don't consider Texas, that was a very Texas thing to do. So some highlights from her acting career. She was in Friday Night Lights, Hidden Palms, Californication, Criminal Minds, Zombieland, Pineapple Express, and obviously The Rum Diary. Heard was in Magic Mike XXL 2015. She played the leading role in that movie. Heard speaks fluent Spanish. And in December 2010, she came out at the 25th anniversary celebration for GLAAD, which is the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. In 2021, she revealed that she secretly gave birth to a baby girl via surrogacy in July, claiming that she is both the child's mother and father. Her daughter's name is Una, and Una Page Heard was delivered on April 8th with the assistance of a surrogate after she revealed that she was never able to have her own child. Before we discuss Amber Heard's background, we want to touch on Depp's past legal run-ins. Depp was arrested on March 8, 1989, and charged with assault and mischief in a hotel in Vancouver. The spokesperson said police responded to a call about a noisy party at a hotel. When security asked a group of people to leave the hotel, a fight broke out and Depp was arrested and then later charged with assaulting a security guard. Depp later pleaded guilty to an assault charge and got an absolute discharge, which means the charge was wiped from his record. Actress Ellen Barkin, who Depp briefly dated in the mid-1990s, provided testimony for his 2020 lawsuit against The Sun, saying he had been verbally abusive towards her and that she once witnessed him throw a wine bottle across a hotel room. Depp was arrested in 1994 for trashing a New York City hotel room he was staying in with then-girlfriend Kate Moss. According to reports, Depp allegedly smashed glass lamps and tables, and was charged with second-degree criminal mischief, which is a felony. Manhattan prosecutors decided to drop the charges after Depp agreed to pay for the nearly $10,000 in damages. In 1999, Depp was arrested for threatening paparazzi with a plank of wood outside of a London restaurant. All right, so let's get to some run-ins with the law that Amber Heard has had. She has had some run-ins, the first being an arrest in Seattle in 2009. She was arguing at an airport with her then-girlfriend and was arrested after she allegedly hit her in the arm. Heard's girlfriend has come out and said that the arrest was a mistake, and Heard's girlfriend has also said that she believed that the arrest occurred because the law enforcement officer was homophobic. However, that law enforcement officer has made a statement and said that she is in fact gay. And the law enforcement officer was understandably very upset about being accused of being homophobic. 
In November 2011, a request was made to eliminate the record of the arrest as a non-conviction record. Non-conviction records, according to the law, are any records relating to an incident that did not lead to a conviction or other disposition adverse to the subject. Subsequently, that information was removed from the system, and it is unknown who made the request. So next, there is the dog smuggling case. Yeah, and I remember this case, too. I feel like there were a lot of smugglings going on around that time. There was the Justin Bieber with his monkey smuggling and and then the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I feel like they happened around the same time. So in July 2015, Amber Heard was charged with two counts of dog smuggling after illegally bringing her and Johnny Depp's two Yorkies into Australia. We're bringing this up here because it came up in the UK trial. It was some of the evidence that the court refused to consider. Just so you know, Australia strictly requires that all incoming animals be declared first and then quarantined for 10 days. And when Heard was traveling, she checked the no box that she was not bringing anything into the country that had to be declared. So at the time, she was being charged with illegal importation, which carries a maximum 10-year prison sentence. When Amber Heard was facing criminal charges in Australia for making a false statement on the arrival form... Her defense was that she relied on an assistant to ensure and that she had assumed the assistant had obtained the proper clearance. The assistant, Kate James, did not provide a declaration attesting to Amber's story. So Amber presented the declaration of another assistant, Kevin Murphy. Kevin Murphy made a declaration on behalf of Amber Heard, stating that it was his fault. And using Mr. Murphy's declaration... Amber negotiated a deal with the Australian court where she pled guilty to presenting a false document, i.e. the arrival form, and was issued a warning. However, in the UK proceedings, Mr. Murphy came forward and said that he made that statement on behalf of Amber Heard under duress because Amber Heard had threatened him with his job. And after Mr. Murphy testified that Amber Heard asked him to lie under oath, the Australian authorities reopened their investigation. Yeah, so that investigation apparently isn't done. So she might get like maybe a bigger sentence for her Yorkie smuggling into Australia. Who knows? So now we're going to get into some specifics with their divorce. We're going to give Amber Heard's side of the story first and then talk about the timeline that Depp alleges. So I do want to read what... Amber Heard put in her statement to support her temporary restraining order. So she said, Depp continued screaming at me, pulling my hair, striking me and violently grabbing my face. After Heard's friend Raquel Pennington entered the apartment, Depp picked up the magnum-sized bottle of wine he had been drinking out of, and he started swinging it around, smashing everything he could. The statement continues. A separate statement from Pennington, also submitted to the court, supports Heard's description of the events, alleging that Depp swung the magnum of wine like a baseball bat. The document also alleges two other incidents of domestic violence by Depp in the prior six months, including one incident in April on Heard's birthday in which Depp threw a magnum-sized bottle of champagne at the wall and a wine glass at Heard, then grabbed her by the hair and shoved her to the floor. In her statement, she said, During the entirety of our relationship, Johnny has been verbally and physically abusive to me. I endured excessive emotional, verbal, and physical abuse from Johnny, which has included angry, hostile, humiliating, and threatening assaults to me whenever I questioned his authority. Here's Johnny Depp's timeline of the events surrounding the incidents right before and after the TRO and the divorce filing. So on May 20th, 2015, Depp's mother, Betty Sue Palmer, dies. 
Depp took his children with him to say goodbye to his mother in the hospital. And Depp says that the death of his mother was what prompted him to call Amber Heard and tell her that he planned on filing for divorce. Then the very next day, after his mother dies, that's May 21st, 2016. That's when, according to Depp, Amber Heard colludes with her friends to fake a domestic violence incident in order to extort Depp in the divorce. And then in the U.S. trial, Depp was able to show video from May 22nd, 2016, from closed-circuit television cameras from around the building where Depp and Heard lived. Depp presented these videos to the U.S. jury in an effort to further his claim that Amber Heard was not injured, but that's up for the jury to decide. This video was not shown to the UK court. On May 23rd, 2016, Amber Heard files for divorce from Johnny Depp. On May 24th, 2016, Amber Heard's attorney, her divorce attorney, sends a letter to Johnny Depp. And the letter states as follows, as you may be aware, your client, Johnny Depp, violently attacked and threatened Amber on Saturday night at their pit house apartment. There were several witnesses to this particular incident, and there are photographs depicting the property damage, as well as physical injuries inflicted on Amber. Unfortunately, this is not the first incident of domestic violence perpetrated by Johnny against Amber. In fact, there have been two other incidents in the past six months. Quote, although Amber is afraid of Johnny, she strongly insists that we do everything possible to keep this personal matter out of the media spotlight, which is why she has not yet sought a domestic violence TRO and why we did not arrange for Johnny to have been personally served at last night's movie premiere. Amber wishes to work quickly towards a private and amicable resolution of all matters, but she will need Johnny's immediate cooperation to do so. To this end, please have Johnny properly sign and return by Friday, May 27, 2016, the enclosed notice and acknowledgement of receipt, confirming service of the summons petition, family law case cover sheet, and blank response form. If the requested notice is not signed and the original executed form is not returned to me by May 27th, we will have no alternative but to arrange for Johnny to be personally served. In addition, we are requesting on Amber's behalf the following, exclusive use and possession of the Black Range Rover, the vehicle she is currently driving, with Johnny to continue and make all payments for any encumbrances thereon, exclusive use and possession of 849 South Broadway, penthouse numbers 1, 3, and 5, with Johnny to continue to pay mortgage utilities, et cetera, associated therewith, contribution to her reasonable and necessary attorney's fees in the amount of $100,000 and $25,000 for forensic accounting costs to be paid to my firm by the close of business 5 p.m. on May 27, 2016. Johnny Depp did not agree to Amber Heard's demands by the May 27, 2016 deadline, and that is when Amber Heard went and got the domestic violence TRO, and according to Depp and his lawyers, arranged to have TMZ photograph her specifically her face, as she was leaving the courthouse. All right. So then the divorce was settled out of court for $7 million on August 16, 2016, and it was finalized January 17. And Amber Heard ended up withdrawing that request for the domestic violence restraining order and rescinded her spousal support request of $50,000 a month from Johnny Depp. They issued a joint statement 
saying that their relationship was intensely passionate and at times volatile, but always bound by love. Neither party has made false accusations for financial gain. There was never any intent of physical or emotional harm. And he ended up paying the settlement of $7 million. She pledged to donate it to the ACLU in the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. And the settlement also included a non-disclosure agreement preventing them from discussing their relationship publicly. So in an article in People magazine, heard stated that the divorce settlement money, quote, played no role for me personally and never has, except to the extent that I could donate it to charity and in doing so, hopefully help those less able to defend themselves. The amount received in the divorce was $7 million, and $7 million is being donated. This is over and above any funds that I have given away in the past and will continue to give away in the future, end quote. Reportedly, she has not donated the $7 million divorce settlement to the ACLU and Children's Hospital like she claimed to the UK High Court she did. Okay, moving on to some more specifics from the UK trial. The heart of this case is an article that The Sun published, and the headline read, Gone Potty. How can J.K. Rowling be genuinely happy casting wife-beater Johnny Depp in the new Fantastic Beasts film? And Depp ended up suing the writer of the article, as well as the son, for libel, which, if you've listened to our past episodes on defamation, libel is written. Depp said that he wanted to clear his name and alleged that Heard had lied about the abuse and had, in fact, abused him. In their defense, the son presented 14 incidences of alleged domestic abuse, And during the highly publicized trial in London in July 2020, both Heard and Depp testified in person. The main issue for Depp in the UK trial was the term wife beater. Depp wanted to persuade the court that this term was untrue and that it had caused him serious harm, both professionally and personally. So we're going to give you a summary of some of the differences between UK law and US law, and then also how the court proceedings differed a bit. And we're just going to start with the UK trial. We want to thank Ben Ramsey, who's a member of the UK Bar and who wrote a really helpful article in the Harvard Journal of Sports and Entertainment Law, which is where we got some of this information from about the differences. We've done episodes on defamation in the U.S., which if you want the nitty gritty, you can go back and listen to those. But we'll give a high level summary here. I'm going to start with Great Britain, though. And the burden of proof in Great Britain is on the publisher. So the person here who wrote the defamatory statement, this would be the son, to prove that their statement is true. The person suing only has to demonstrate that there was some harm to his or her reputation with no additional damages. Thus, in Great Britain, defamatory statements, so whatever the son wrote, in a case is presumed to be false. And the party who is being sued, so the son, has to prove otherwise. This is very different from our law here, and it seems to be a little bit more stringent than our law in the U.S. So to put it into normal people terms, the son here had to prove that Johnny Depp was a wife beater. Yeah, literally, they had to prove that word applied because that that's what he sued over. And in the United Kingdom, they have the, their law just favors privacy. So they are much more friendly towards a plaintiff that is suing ostensibly. And in the U.S., reputation is notably not a fundamental right protected by the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. So then in the U.S., 
the laws presume that the statement made, so we'll just take the son as an example here. In the U.S., we would presume that the son's statement was true, and then Johnny Depp would have the burden of proving that the statement is false. It's interesting because technically it should have been way easier for Johnny Depp to win a trial in the U.K., but the type of evidence the U.K. court considered versus what the U.S. jury is going to consider ended up being pretty different. Yeah. If I can read something that I pulled up, this isn't me giving advice, but I found an article of someone giving advice and they said, like, where should you choose to file your defamation lawsuit if you had the choice to file it in the U.S. or the U.K.? And they said you should file it in the U.S. You have and you're probably going to get to this. I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead. But in libel trials in the U.S., you have a judge and a jury and it results in a much higher damages award than in England and Wales. The average trial award in the U.S. in the 2010s stood at $2.6 million in damages, and it can exceed that amount. Whereas in the U.K., or excuse me, this is specific to England and Wales, there's a ceiling or a cap of $275,000. I guess just from an economic standpoint, it's better to sue in the U.S. And in the U.K., it's not in front of, it's not a mandatory jury trial. Not It's not mandatory in the U.S. either, but you have the option. There's a presumption against a jury trial for defamation in the U.K. And as a U.S. attorney who believes firmly in our jury system, I'm just pretty heavily biased towards the U.S. jury system. The court can exercise discretion in the U.K. and order a jury trial, but it's rarely utilized and has led to, quote, the almost complete abolition of the jury trial in defamation cases. But neither Depp nor the son made an application for a trial by jury. And that's probably because even if they had, it would have been unsuccessful in the UK. But in the US, juries have a really crucial role in libel and slander claims. As a reminder, as part of the divorce settlement, they signed or agreed to a non-disclosure agreement where they couldn't speak about their relationship. However, in October 2018, Johnny Depp discussed the allegations against him in an interview published on GQ, where he denied them and stated he would never stop fighting them. In response, Amber Heard's lawyers claimed that he had broken the divorce settlement's non-disclosure agreement while at the same time refusing to allow Heard to present her side of the story. But then in December 2018, the Washington Post published an op-ed by Heard in which she wrote about how becoming a public victim of domestic violence had negatively affected her career in Hollywood. And we'll talk about that when we get to the U.S. trial. But that was not the subject of the U.K. trial. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So another interesting thing is that in February of 2020, Depp actually changed his UK legal team after his previous lawyers accidentally leaked 70,000 of his text messages to the Sun's legal team. That's a lot to accidentally leak, and that's definitely a lot to accidentally leak to a tabloid. You can't be like, whoops, give it back, unless it's privileged, which it's probably not. There were also controversies in the UK trial before the trial started about whose statements could be permitted. I think it was notable that the UK court ruled that Kate James would be excluded. Kate James was Heard's assistant. And we're just going to read a couple of excerpts. I never saw any physical violence by either Amber or Johnny. I saw Amber much more frequently than Johnny almost every day for three years, apart from when she was out of town. I understand that my period of employment overlaps in the majority of the instances in which Amber has alleged Johnny was violent towards her. Kate James's entire statement is available online, as are all of the statements from the UK court proceedings, and it's pretty easy to find those if you search for them. But I think Kate James's statements are part of the reason why Australia is now getting so upset again about the dog smuggling incident. According to Kate James' statement, she says, quote, as the departure time approached, we became aware that there would be a discrepancy of around 10 days for the dogs to travel by a private jet. And the only other option being that they would have to travel in the hold on a commercial flight on the correct date. I would attempt to talk to Amber about the date discrepancy frequently while we were trying to sort out the logistics, but her eyes would glaze over and she would walk away. I discussed with Kevin Murphy about my concerns about the deadline. And Kevin, in turn, also then emailed Amber to explain that there would be a problem if we traveled before the correct departure date and that it would be illegal. She deliberately smuggled the dogs into Australia. Someone took them to a local grooming parlor in Australia and started bragging that they were Johnny Depp's dogs. The owner posted it on Facebook and Amber got caught. Ultimately, I woke up one morning many months later to find an email from my mother with an attachment of a newspaper article from my hometown of Brisbane. This devastated me when I found out Amber had blamed me in court. I broke down in tears. She blatantly lied in court in my hometown and blamed me. So I can see now why Australia reopened the investigation into the dog smuggling incident. At first, it kind of seemed like Australia was just picking on Amber Heard. But now that this information has come out from 
Kevin Murphy and Kate James in the UK trial. After Kevin Murphy disclosed his statements about this in the UK trial under oath, it makes more sense now. Okay, for the UK trial, we're just going to describe the 14 incidents of alleged abuse, but not go into detail because anybody can watch the testimony about those on YouTube. It's the same incidents that were alleged in the U.S. trial. So we're just going to give a brief identifying descriptor of the incident and then say how the U.K. court ruled. Incident one is the incident that was discussed in the U.S. trial involving the Wino Forever tattoo. For incident one, the U.K. court found that Heard's account of the events was more likely, although noting that in isolation, the evidence that Mr. Depp assaulted Ms. Heard on this occasion might not be, however, taken with the events. However, taken with the evidence as a whole, the U.K. judge said, I did find that it did occur. Incident number two was pretty vague. It was just basically heard saying Depp grabbed her by the arm and held her on the floor while screaming at her. There were no witnesses. However, the UK court found that Depp's admission to having abused illegal substances swayed the court in favor of the son. The court also found in favor of the son in incident number three, based on a witness statement by Heard's friend, Christina Sexton, who had accompanied them on a trip. This is the incident involving the Hicksville trailer park. Again, there were no witnesses to the alleged abuse, but the court found that Heard's statement of the events was more likely because Amber Heard's friend testified to the destruction of the trailer that Heard and Depp were staying in. Ceci, what happened with incident number four in the UK court? And as well, the court ruled in the son's favor on incident number four, stating that contemporary, contemporaneous messages between Depp, Heard, and other parties supported Heard's version of the event. Johnny also admitted during cross-examination that he did not remember everything that had taken place. It culminated in a physical fight on board a harrowing 2014 flight from Boston to Los Angeles, in which he allegedly kicked her and slapped her, according to her testimony in the U.S. trial, or kicked a swivel chair and slapped her, according to her statement in the U.K. trial. The UK trial didn't heavily publicize incidents number five and six, but it did rule in favor of the son on incidents number five and six. I believe one of them was the one from the Bahamas. Seven, they ruled on in favor of the son again. And incident seven was she was in a hotel room with Johnny Depp and he slapped her. I believe incident seven is... The one in the hotel in Tokyo where Heard was shown wearing the backless dress the next day. Incident eight is the incident eight is the three-day one from Australia, where Heard alleged that she was held hostage. The UK court did say that her statements about being held hostage were hyperbole. This is also the incident where Depp's finger got cut off and the house got destroyed. There were no witnesses to the alleged violence. Ceci, what did the UK court determine for incident number eight? And then for this one, again, the court found in favor of the son's account. 
They say heard statements of the events that Depp assaulted her multiple times after relapsing on illegal drugs and alcohol was found to be supported by photographs and a mobile phone recording made by Depp's staff in the aftermath of the incident. His relapse was proved by an exchange of messages between him and his assistant, Nathan Holmes, and the fact that Depp's doctor treating him for his addiction disorder resigned after the incident. Incident 9 is the... Incident on the stairs, the one that involved a can of Red Bull being thrown. What happened with Incident 9? Found in favor of the son's account again that Depp had attacked her. Okay, so for Incident 10 and 11, Incident 10 is the one during the train trip on the Orient Express. The court ruled in favor of the son on Incident 10. In the UK court, Incident 11 was the one where Heard alleged that Depp had been using drugs and pushed her and threw items at her. The court actually ruled in favor of Depp on Incident 11. Incident 12 is the one that occurred the day before Amber Heard appeared on The Late Show with James Corden. Because Depp admitted that he accidentally headbutted Heard, the UK court did not accept Depp's claim that Heard assaulted him and staged the scene to look like she had been the victim. Incident 13. Heard alleged that an inebriated Depp threw objects at Heard and pushed her at their L.A. apartment. For this one, the court ruled in favor of the son again. They did not accept Depp's claim that Heard had hit him as the metadata of the photograph that Sean Bett claimed was taken of the injuries to Depp's face immediately after the incident was found to have been taken in March 2015 during the aftermath of inter- Incident 9, where Heard admitted to punching him to allegedly defend her sister. So they're saying the metadata, always so helpful, showed that it was taken at a later date than claimed it was taken. Incident 14 is the incident described in the TRO, and the UK court ruled in favor of the son on that incident. So in summary, the UK court found the assaults were proven to the civil standard in 12 of the 14 incidents reported by the son, and that the son's article that Depp was a wife beater was therefore likely true on the balance of the probabilities, which is the standard. Johnny Depp appealed the decision in November 25th, 2020. The UK Court of Appeal found that Depp had admitted in court that he had accidentally headbutted Heard, frequently took quantities of illegal drugs and drank excessively, and that there were several instances of Mr. Depp acknowledging in contemporaneous texts, either to Miss Heard or two third parties, that he had been out of control through drink and drugs and had behaved very badly. Therefore, the judge found, with considerable support from the contemporaneous evidence, that when under the influence of drink and drugs, he was liable to moods of extreme anger and jealousy and could behave highly destructively. Although this alone could not prove that he had been violent towards Heard, the British court found it had made her account of the events more likely. And that's important. I think that's a really important sentence to read. And with that, I think we will stop here. Go on and listen to the next episode, which is about the U.S. trial. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys. The Bravo Docket is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Bravo Docket is part of the Acast Creator Network.